Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. We made it. The Once in Unity comp is finally out. And if you haven't listened to it yet, please hit pause, head over to Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, wherever you listen to music, and stream it. It's seriously amazing. The reception has been so cool. I was so stoked to see so many people repost it everywhere, all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, stories, Snapchat, it's been awesome. So I was really happy to see that people actually took the time to check it out and were really pleased with what uh, From Within Records put together. Shout out to every band that was on the comp. So many awesome new tracks. Shout out Cita Pain, Age of Apocalypse, Restraining Order, MH Chaos, Choice to Make, Shackled, Simulacra, Last Straw, Youth Collapse, Envision, Sheer Force, Hangman, Despise, Out for Justice, and Mourning. And seriously, if you haven't yet, head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel, order a CD. Pre-order a shirt. I think the shirts are coming down tomorrow, which is Tuesday. So pre-order one before it's too late because I'm not sure if they will be reprinted again. But seriously, I just want to thank uh, Carter and everybody over there who worked hard to get this thing together. It's seriously so awesome. And I'm so happy that so many awesome bands from all different types of hardcore came together for this awesome compilation. It's seriously from the first track to the last track. It's all bangers. I love it. And I can't stop checking it out. So please, like I said before, if you haven't yet hit pause, go check it out. But on today's episode, we travel to Arizona. Shout out Arizona Hardcore. This whole episode was inspired by this tweet that I saw. It came across my feed. And it's one of those weird things where you're not following somebody, but they constantly pop up in your feed, whatever. But I, I saw this tweet. It was like an interaction between a couple people. Uh, somebody posted that Arizona and the Southwest feel like the black sheep of the U.S. music scene, which I can kind of get how they would feel that way because... Uh, I, I've heard, uh, you know, so many awesome bands come out of there, but I feel like a lot of the bands like haven't got their shine. Like shout out to my friends in Beggar for Life, who've been at it for a minute, doing awesome music. Uh, I, I think that band is super awesome out of Yuma, Arizona. But then you have bands like The Beautiful Ones, super awesome. They made it big. They toured all over. Everybody knows The Beautiful Ones. Uh, so I, I read the tweet and I was just kind of like, I like half agreed with it. Um, I've done my fair share of trying to get bands from Arizona to come on and things just didn't work out for one reason or another. But I didn't, it just like made me feel kind of weird because I, I don't want any scene to feel like they're being left out of hardcore. And I, I don't know if it's my job to make everybody feel included. I just try to do my best to promote and raise awareness for bands that I'm into. So I read that and it just kind of made me feel like a type of way. So like, hey, let me try to see if I can help out and maybe try to bring some shine to Arizona hardcore. I don't know if they need it. I don't know if it's like a grassroots thing. People at home need to start participating more. I don't have the answer. All I know is that this band, Get a Grip, put out an awesome single. So I reached out and was like, yo, like the music. Does anybody from the band want to come on and chop it up? And sure enough, the singer Gabriel reached out and awesome dude like super real from the very beginning we exchanged emails and we set it up got him on the podcast and it was such a pleasure to be able to get his perspective on arizona hardcore and his whole view on the music scene currently going on and if you haven't and i know i keep recommending stuff but if you haven't if you haven't checked out get a grip seriously hit pause Go check out the One Scene Unity comp and then afterwards head over to Get a Grip on Bandcamp, Spotify, whatever, and check them out because I think they're doing awesome stuff. I was fortunate enough to get their new record early. Gabriel signed it over and 
that thing rips so many awesome tracks and the last track global scam i seriously think that song is like the perfect set ender for them and i can't wait for you guys to be able to check out the whole record but seriously arizona hardcore is awesome so many awesome bands come from out of there so if you're at all interested in what's going on down there in arizona or if you're a fan of get a grip or if you have no idea who get a grip is please strap in and enjoy this podcast. Gabriel was seriously such a pleasure to talk to. Hearing about how the band is kind of getting their shit together and doing everything behind the scenes was super cool. And I'm so stoked for their future. So please, without further ado, welcome Gabriel to the show. and we're live welcome to the podcast gabriel what up what up man thanks for having me bro no th- th- this is awesome i feel like it was like maybe a month or two ago i, I saw this tweet floating around uh I- i'm pretty sure it-, it was somebody from easy money talking about how uh, people just kind of overlook arizona hardcore and i sat there and, and i read that and i, I felt I-, I kind of agreed with it and it- i was like damn that really sucks and to be transparent i have reached out to uh one band from arizona to come on the podcast and uh i got ghosted so i was like damn maybe maybe what he's saying does have some truth to it maybe do people really do look over arizona hardcore even though there has been some prominent bands to come out of your area uh you know shout out uh, the beautiful ones i'm sure a lot of people across the nation know who they are and what they've done for arizona hardcore so um, I, I just read that tweet and it just so happens that same week, uh, your band, get a grip dropped a new single and a bunch of my friends were retweeting and reposting. So I was like, all right, cool. This is a band from Arizona that I'm not super familiar with. Let me uh, tap in and see if um, I could get somebody from the band to come on and just try to give more shine to Arizona hardware. Cause I feel bad when I see people, uh, feeling like they're getting shunned from the rest of the scene. Cause I, I think that's whack and, uh, we should be a community and just kind of show love to everybody, you know? Yeah, it's definitely like, you know, it, it's a weird position right now because I feel like before this whole COVID shit, the scene out in Arizona was probably like the best it's been in a really, really long time. You know, right now, like we got big bands like, you know, the Beautiful Ones and Gate Creeper and even Easy Money. Like they went to Japan. A lot of Arizona bands going crazy. Sex Prisoner 2 been going crazy for a long time. And it's like a pretty, a pretty big name in the power violence world. In their, like, you know what I mean? Like in their world. But it's... uh. It's always kind of felt like we're on our own, you know what I mean? We're not really a part of the whole California movement. We're not really a part of even like, I mean, clearly not the East Coast. We're super on the other side of the country. But in our own little pocket, the Southwest, and we've always kind of had to, you know, unite with maybe bands from New Mexico or maybe even like go play some parties in Nevada or do stuff like that. Like it's kind of always seemed like the Southwest is its own little island, you know, it's it's a... It's definitely weird, but it's also cool because we've been close, like we're lucky enough to be close to California and still kind of be able to like, you know, if Sound of Fury, like, you know, when Sound of Fury was happening a lot, we always get shows in Arizona because every band would tour through. So like, you know, you'd have like some shows would be really, really good. Some shows would be kind of weak, but bands would still come through and that would give a lot of bands opportunities to play, you know, like even uh, 
like get a grip. We got a we got a really good opportunity. The first time uh, Blind Justice came through, it was Blind Justice should regulate. They were going to Sound of Fury. They played Phoenix, and we ended up playing a show with them. And we ended up hitting it off with those dudes super well. And we went out and we did the Blind Justice uh, album like release weekend on the East Coast. They took us out there to do that with them and down to nothing and shit like that. So we've definitely like had lucky experiences dealing with like you know the right people and shit, but. You know, more often than not, it's pretty much just us together trying to push each other and put each other on and, you know, stay as like tight as we can, you know? Yeah. And it, it definitely is kind of strange, too, because uh, you are, uh, you know, Arizona uh, being neighbors with California. It, it seems like you guys are so close to us, but uh, it can seem so far away at times, which uh, is weird because you guys have your, your whole scene, like all, all the bands you mentioned doing big things. But uh, it, it does suck when you kind of have to rely on bands, uh, you know, kind of making their way uh, to California and try to hope that they stop by in your state. You, you kind of want to make it like a staple for bands to, to want to play there. Exactly, man. And you know what? And that's the thing, man. Like I said before, this COVID, like probably in the last five years, the shows have grown more and more younger kids coming out, more and more people coming out, having fun. Um, we've had a lot of venues shut down, but we've also seen more venues open up and shut down, you know what I mean? But there's more places, like, kids are trying, people are still trying to put forth effort into uh, making something happen, you know? And I think that, you know, once this is over, I'm really excited to see how fast we can pick it back up and take it back into, because I feel like, you know, a lot of people will come into Arizona and saying that they're, like, best show of the tour like would maybe be Arizona besides playing L.A. in front of, like, 600 people, but they come play Tucson, maybe they might get 150 people. Or 150 in Phoenix, and everyone's going 110%. Though no one's faking it, everyone's having a great time. Everyone's looking out for each other. Everyone supports everything, and uh, it's definitely been cool. Like you know, I remember even Eco Strike came through. I think last summer they said like one of their best shows on the tour was Tucson. Uh, Backtrack came through a lot, honestly. And Backtrack had a good like always had a good reaction here in Tucson, stuff like that. So bands definitely were starting to pay attention and recognize like. The show is getting bigger. The kids going crazier. You know, people just appreciating it a lot more because it is kind of, you know, it, it is very forgotten on most people's maps, man. So when they make an effort and they actually come out here, people show love. So I hope one thing that happens uh, out of out of COVID with uh, no shows really happening, I, I hope that kids do come back with that intensity and actually appreciates uh, the the hardcore scene even more, just because. I, I always felt like people kind of took it for granted and always just kind of expected uh, a show to be there. Like, oh, this show's going on tonight. I'll catch the, the next one. I'd rather go do something else. But now that there hasn't been shows in, uh, you know, what, six or seven months, uh, it, I, I hope it kind of like opens people's eyes that this thing isn't guaranteed and that it's only continuing to happen because there's people behind the scenes working hard to keep it going, whether uh, you be in a band, a show promoter or working at the venue, just trying to keep this stuff going. So I, I'm hoping when this thing is over, people kind of come back and show that much more appreciation since they know that it's not always guaranteed. You know, I, I totally feel that, man. There's like, you know, there's a lot of shows where it's like, I just wish I would have, you know, even just the last show I went to, it was like uh, Beyond Pain from L.A. They played here in Tucson and like it was a great show. It was in early, early March. And then it was kind of talked about like it's probably going to be the last show for like a month, you know, month or two. And then here we are fucking August, dude, like half a year later or whatever the fuck. It's brutal, man. And it's absolutely just fucking and, you know, I've been able to go to shows my whole life because my dad played music. Um, so my dad's been a musician, like, since before I was born. I've always gone to, like, punk, metal, hardcore shows and stuff like that. I played in bands with my dad since I was nine years old. Like, I've always, music's been the, the biggest part of my life, you know. And uh, 
to have that taken away. Like I've never gone this long in my life without seeing a band player, like seeing a show or fucking, you know, even just having like, we went a little bit without jamming, man. It was just the weirdest fucking thing, like total upside down, you know? So I'm just curious when you went to that uh, Beyond Pain show back in March, did you guys have any idea that that would be it? Like, did you go into it knowing it was going to be the last show? We thought maybe for like a month or two, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we like it was uh, it was Beyond Pain. My buddies in War Prison, shout out War Prison. They uh, they played that show. Um, it was a sick ass fucking show, man. Everyone had a good time, but it was definitely like I think about a week later, like shit was like kind of scary or whatever. You know what I mean? Like shit was getting real. And uh, but at the time, we didn't expect this to last this long at all, man. I don't think anyone did. You know, I think we everyone thought that we were gonna be able to have like. Like Sound of Fury, everyone everyone I know was looking forward to Sound of Fury in July, you know what I mean? And like every other thing, I was supposed to go to Australia in May and that got like ripped away. And I think when that happened, I was like, shit, it's going to it's gonna be a minute, man. And then sure enough, everything just, you know, further and further. It sucks, man. Yeah, I, I feel like when Sound of Fury pulled the plug, that was like a nightmare. Just thinking about yeah. it, like, holy shit, like this thing is like destroying everything because I, I was fortunate enough to go to FYA in January with some friends. So I was able to experience at least one fest this year, yeah. but I, I just, nobody even you know, thought that I was going to get this far. Cause I still remember the early days of COVID like seeing it online, people making memes about it. Cause just like, you know, hearing yeah. about people in China bleeding out their eyes and just like uh, dying yeah. and stuff. And you never really thought it was going to hit home. You thought it was just something like, you know, that was on the other side of the world. You didn't really have to worry about, but then it slowly kind of crept over and it just became like local to everybody. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. And where I'm at in Arizona, man, like it's been the worst. Like it was really, really bad here for a little bit, man. They were like reporting like, you know, insane shit, like 1,500 cases a day, and you know, stuff like that. Like I think Arizona like got worse than New York at one point. So it was like everyone here thought because it's so hot. It's like 115 degrees outside right now. It's so hot here. Everyone thought it was going to be like all right. And I think they kind of took less precaution with it. And then shit just went left, man. It, it's been terrible out here, you know. Uh, are, are you guys still uh, like open because I, I did a road trip like maybe like a month ago and when i was passing through things were like pretty relaxed it's it's like my it, it's pretty open you know a lot of shit's to like the like the business discretion or whatever you know what i mean a lot of ma- uh, mandatory masks which is good but uh it's a lot of like fucking uh, it's weird man there's a lot of um i mean i guess there's like a lot of dumbass like right wing patriotic weird fucking People out here who just don't think, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, I love Arizona, man, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of dumbasses out here, bro. And it's like, you know, they're super like into like the Trump, you know, and they told me to make it political. So I, I kind of off grip knew it was going to be dumb out here, man. Like I knew it was like, this is some shit. We're out here. Like people are not going to take kind of that. Like they're so used to like carrying their guns and like, you know what I mean? It's very like fucking, uh, I know how to describe it, man. It's just a weird place for shit like that. And so with things opening up, like there's even been like protests since day one about just opening shit back up. You know, my little sister just started high school and schools aren't open. She's like starting high school through like Zoom or whatever the hell. And uh, it's it's pretty 50 50 out here right now. I feel like I feel like, you know, a lot of places are kind of getting like uh, like Internet called out for like doing the wrong things. Like I know a lot of businesses were trying to cover up people having COVID outbreaks. You know what I mean? Like specifically in Phoenix, I think Phoenix had it worse than Tucson, but it, it's a. Uh, it's slowly coming back, man, but it's still weird, man. I'm not going nowhere. You know what I mean? Oh, man, fuck all that. 
Yeah, but dude, I mean, you might bring up your sister. I I couldn't even imagine having to go through or go, you know, quote unquote, go to school through Zoom. I feel like I would just be like ten times more lazy, just like not having I, to really like get up and go anywhere, just to kind of turn on the computer and do school from home. Yeah, and she's starting high school like that, man. So it's like super foreign. Like you know what I mean? Like I even have buddies. Like uh, I have a friend who's like starting a friend whose son is starting kindergarten. I have another friend uh, who has like a special needs kid who was going to start school and like, he's kind of like worried about like what he might lack, like, you know, going to homeschool rather than like, you know, he's you know, my son has special needs. I feel like he should go be around other children and, you know, get like social exercising and stuff like that. And, uh, it's just so weird, man. I could not imagine going to school like that or just, you know, making friends and, you know, experiencing it that way. It's so weird. Yeah. Cause just, I took a college, uh, I, when I went to college like years ago, I took an online class. It was for English and it was the laziest I'd ever been because I, I would have to log in and it was like a, it was like forums. So we'd have to like peer edit people's like um, papers and stuff. And like I would log on and I would just click you know, just to open another tab and I'd go check like Facebook or MySpace and then I'd get lost and I would just get over it. I'm like, you know, fuck this class. I would never actually yeah. do any of the work just because it was just so just not interesting to me. And I actually ended up having to drop because there's no way I was going to pass because I slacked off so hard. But then literally the next semester, I took that same class, but in person and it was just, you know, way easier for me. So like I'm the type of person that I can't can't take a, a, a course or class online. Like I have to just be there in person. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even, I, I dropped out of high school, man. So I couldn't even, I couldn't even show up. You know what I mean? I was like, dude, there's no way, man. Like I couldn't, that shit would have been like, it just, it just wouldn't have happened, man. I feel like that's probably going to be the next thing that we're going to see a lot of young people is dropping out of school just because that shit is not going to click for a lot of people, but hopefully they get through it, man. You know? Damn. That doesn't say, uh, if you don't mind me asking, why'd you drop out of high school? You know, I, uh, I got expelled. From my my freshman year, I went to like the biggest school in Tucson, like Tucson High. It's like a fucking giant high school in my city. Um, and I always went to like smaller schools. I went to like a smaller middle school with maybe like 200 kids in it, 300 kids or something like that. And then I went to this high school where there was like 2,000 freshmen and I just was wilding out. You know what I mean? My freshman year, like partying. All my homies were like seniors and had like less classes too. So I'd like be ditching and just doing a bunch of dumb shit. And then I got expelled and I had to go to an alternative school and I went there my sophomore and junior year and I had like I had a lot of that was, that was really cool but there was like only like 40 kids at this school it was like really fun there was no freshman I was like one of two sophomores everyone there was like you know a junior or a senior or like a 60 year senior like oh wow people oh. kids and shit like you know what I mean crazy ass kids like neck tats but I did that for two years and then I got a let um letter from Tucson High saying I could go back and graduate as a senior and then when I went back to go graduate, I went like two days in my senior year. And then they told me that uh, my credits like wouldn't transfer over from school to school. So I went from like having like fucking, like I don't, many, I don't even remember how many credits I had, but I had like enough to be a senior and graduate. And they ended up stripping me down to like 10 or 11 credits. It was going to be like another two years of school. So I just said, fuck it, man. I got a job. I was like 17. I got two jobs and I just started working. And then uh, that was it, man. You know what I mean? That's wild. Well, at yeah. least you're able to, you know, just start hustling, just figure it out and just start yeah, working. Exactly. Exactly, man. Like I got, I had to deal with it. And at first I was kind of debating it, you know, I was like, fuck, should I just like do online school or whatever? And, uh, I was just so fed up, man. All my homies were going to Tucson high to go graduate too. So I was like going to graduate with all my friends. And then they're like, no, you're not going to get to. And I was like, all right, fuck it. You know what I mean? It's not, you know what I mean? Like 
just was one of those things where I was uh wasn't gonna sit there and waste like two more years of my life fucking to do something on my own. I don't know. It was weird, man. It was a weird decision. I but I'm glad I made it. I couldn't imagine like stuck around that fucking place for that much longer, man. It would have been insane. That's a trip. You want to know what's crazy? Is I I, I graduated high school, whatever, but when I would apply for jobs, they would ask if I graduated and I'd just check yes, but they never asked to see your diploma. So I'm just thinking like, was that even really yeah. necessary? Like obviously school's important. You got to go get your basic education, <laughs> but it's just like, I, I don't think anybody ever really tried to verify if I ever graduated. That's the other thing I've said. I had a high school like diploma on every application I've ever done and they've never asked to see it. You know what I mean? They're never like, well, a million other people have done it, but maybe this guy hasn't done it or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, yeah. but it is that I do. I do wish I could have uh, done high school better, but I, I'm glad that I didn't, you know, stick around and do all that extra bullshit for no reason. Cause it ended up actually being pretty cool. The things I ended up doing and, you know, opportunities and shit like that ended up actually working out really well. So it was a good thing, you know? Oh yeah. Okay. Now I'm curious. You mentioned like um, early on uh, that you've been uh, into music because of your dad, uh, going to shows with your dad. Uh, I was just curious if you remember like when you first started dabbling in hardcore. Okay. So like, I'll be honest, man. My dad has always loved punk and hardcore. He's been playing like punk hardcore music since like 87 in, in the scene here. Um, and, but he was always really into metal and like his whole thing was like very uh, into metal, like death metal, all that shit. But even just like, you know, heavy, heavy music, extreme music, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I was so I was always into everything, man. Like I remember going to shows, literally like seeing Youth Brigade when I was probably like, un, like under seven years old, man. But I think that like when when I kind of really got into hardcore on my own was i always like gorilla biscuits and shit like that mm-hmm. and i always loved poison idea and i always loved negative approach and Crow max but that was just punk to me like i never really looked at it like as hardcore like i was way more into punk and didn't really understand at like age like you know like nine and ten and shit like that like um the hardcore ideals you know what i mean like really what it was and what it stood for and like the original like that was just punk to me you know and then probably when i was like 12 or 13 i was probably like yeah 11 or 12 and I got really into like the rev bands, man. It was like that shit started hitting home with me. It was like the energy, and uh, I don't know, man. There were those 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 dudes were just extra pissed, man. Like you know, listening to stuff like Youth of Today it was like fucking super intense, fucking just fast pump. You know what I mean? But like kind of still with like the, with this like, moral standard, and uh, you know, like positivity. Like I don't know, I'd never really like seen much of that before. Like I, you know, everyone was kind of negative you know you can talk about how pissed off you were but you listen to some youth today you listen to some gorilla biscuits and all that youth crew shit when i was like 12 13 that was really cool it was really exciting and then we went to uh what did we go to we went to like the revelation 25th anniversary and it was like gorilla biscuits three nights in a row and that shit man was like eye-opening you know what i mean like seeing gorilla biscuits three nights in a row it was like i was already really into hardcore but i still kind of was more into punk and shit like that you know but uh but right then it was like, all right, like this is like, you know, it was just, it was insane. Yeah, I couldn't even really describe it, man. That was fucking so, such a good time. It's just, you know, the feeling in the air was real, man. It was insane. And then, uh, I'm trying to think, I probably started going to shows around my own, like on my own around the same time too. Maybe I'd have been a little bit younger. I think like ten, I was getting picked up by like my older homies who were like sixteen. They'd pick me up and take me to shows, like at the local spots and shit. That I would just know through like skating or like 
you know, one time we went to this record store, me and my dad, and he bought this band's demo because it was like a local thing. He just bought this new band's demo. And they were sick as fuck. And it was like this uh, punk band and called Hot Trash. And I ended up like, he ended up booking them to play my 10th birthday parties because they're like local bands. And I was like super in love with the fucking demo. And he's like, I'll hit them up. And like, he had, like called them and asked them to come play my 10th birthday party. And they all ended up being super young kids too that were like probably... 14 to 18 and then they were like super stoked that i was like young and they would take me to shows and kind of brought me around into like other scenes seeing bands like the ticks which were like another tucson local band that was like you know more skate punk but still like you know what i mean it was a hardcore venue downtown called the the living room that had a lot of shows at there was the also uh dry river a lot of shows like that man that's probably like the most fundamental change for me was like turning 11 12 13 getting into hardcore on my own, going to shows with my own friends. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Yeah. I, I feel like those years are like, you know, pretty important because those are like your formative years. So I, I think it's awesome that you're able to start getting into it at, at that early age and actually have that group of friends and kind of uh, all get yeah. into it t- together. Cause I, I feel like that's like super awesome and super important. Totally, man. And then even like, you know, meeting uh, like my drummer or the drummer and get a grip. Jacob Hardy, I met him when I was like fucking 10 years old in my neighborhood at the community pool, man. We had like the same swim trunks. And then uh, we like linked up. We were like nine, 10 years old or some shit, just fucking around kids. And then we ended up seeing each other just on like, we lived on the same block, man. So we'd be seeing each other in, like on our streets and shit all the time. And eventually link up skating and then find out both of our parents play music. And then like end up find out he plays drums, I play drums. And then now me and him have had this band get a grip for a couple of years now, man. It's fucking, this is the trip how everything comes together like that. You know what I mean? Again, in those kind of young years, you know, you just really fucking make your path, I guess. Yeah. You probably never would have thought, you know, so many years later, you guys are in a band that's, uh, you kind of recognize like all over just because of the internet and being able to spread your music on streaming services. Definitely. It's a fucking trip, man weird shit like that you know going to the pool <laughs> uh which is which sounds kind of weird now because i don't know if that that w- would be a thing if people would be comfortable these days going to the local pool yeah man that's not even something <laughs> I would, you know the funny shit man that's like what's what's so good about it us being like you know that's a real 10 year old shit man <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like we had nothing to do it's hot here dude it's like 110 degrees like average every day on the summer here sometimes like 115 on a good day it's like 99 you know what i mean yeah so it's like uh, I, I grew up in the Palm Springs area, so I, I know I, how hot it can get. Because, dude, I, I work uh, like really early. So when I used to live in Palm Springs, I, I have the same job because I moved to Orange County. But when I used to leave for work, when I lived um, out in the Palm Springs area, it'd be like 2, 3 in the morning, and it's already like 90, 91, and the sun's not even out. And it was just terrible, bro. Yeah, murder, man. Shit will kill you. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I, I'm out here in Orange County, and I'm spoiled with the weather. It's like... It's like 90 yeah. degrees today and I'm like dying because I've gotten so used to, you know, yeah. high 60s, low 70s, like for the majority of the time. I like that area, though, man. I haven't, I haven't been out there uh, to like Orange County very many times. I've gone to like, you know, when I was young, I went to like the Van Skate Park and shit like that out there. But uh, I've been to like a couple cool record stores out in that area. But I, I'd like to spend more time out in that area. I've never gotten to like fuck around, or, you know, do too much in the area. Uh, dude, I, I I feel the same way. Like before I moved to Orange County, I, I used to be super tight with uh, some guys out in Yuma, uh, Yuma, Arizona. Are, are you familiar with the band Be- Beg for Life? 
And yeah, beg for life, man. Yeah, so uh, Jeff Yuma and, and all those guys were really good dudes. And uh, Yuma yeah, wasn't so, too. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Steven's the vocalist, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a solid dude right there, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, so uh, traveling to Yuma wasn't that big of an issue. Like, I, I could get down there in like two hours uh, when the time difference wasn't a thing. But when I moved, it, it turned into like uh, more of a drive. So it was like, do I go to a show out there, which is like a four hour drive, or do I just wait till it hits here and drive 20 minutes? So, like, you know, yeah. so lifestyle change and I moved. So, like, I, I haven't been to Arizona in, in a really long time, but. Man, I, I feel like you know talking and getting to know you. It's just like, damn, I, I gotta get out there at some point once this thing's over and check out like what's uh, you know going out there currently. Definitely, man. Like you know, there has been and there's been like a couple like uh, key shows, man, that were just like that let that like almost like ignited like another spark in everyone. Like from fucking uh, a good one out here was like my band Crossfire. We played our first show. It was like with Easy Money and the Beautiful Ones tape release and the bunch and like Burnout, which is like X Gay Kiss played. It was fucking, it was a stacked ass show. Like that was the show where everyone came out and got wild the whole night. It was like one of those shows, everyone went home and it was like, it stuck with everyone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Same shit, like um, a big one, a bigger scale of that was like when Terror came with like Regulate. That was insane. There was like fucking 400 people came out, which in Tucson on like a fucking Thursday night or whatever it was, it was pretty intense, man. And it was like, I'd never seen the city, like the city really pop out that heavy, at least like probably since like, it had been a while. Like, you've been able to do a stage dive as crazy as you want and roll across people's heads. And, like, motherfuckers are going insane, dude. It was, it was really, really fucking cool, man. So I'm excited to see how hard and how excited everyone's going to go. Like, it's going to be nuts when we're back on this shit, man. I can't wait. And, and I'm just curious, like, so how how can you, uh, you grow the the Tucson, the Arizona, the Phoenix scene to, to get kids coming out consistently? Because obviously you, you mentioned that those few key shows, like wouldn't it be sick if that happened like way more often? Yeah, definitely, man. I, I wish it was just more, um, you know, I think the problem is a lot of kids just don't know what's going on, man. You know what I mean? And I feel like even one time we played this rap show, and it was packed, like, you know, get it. we're like a hardcore band, but we knew this homie who was booking a rap show, and he's like, you guys want to open up? And we were like, fuck it, you know, might as well. And it was at, like, a real venue, good sound. We're like, fuck it, it would be cool. And uh, we pulled up. It was for Xavier Wolf, too. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we pulled up, and, like, we fucking played, and all these kids went insane, dude. Like, all these fucking kids lost their minds during our set. There was, like, a couple of fights which sucked, but it was, like, still – really excited to see these kids go like these kids monster rap and shit they had never heard punk they never heard no hardcore they like fucking rap wants to make them want to mosh you know what i mean like they hear this shit and they see all of our homies going off and they're able to set it off it was like that right there let at least like i probably see at least like 15 kids at most of our shows that saw us for the first time at that show you know what i mean like it was weird shit like that like i just feel like it's not accessible to everyone yet you know what i mean it, it sucks when that happens, but a band like the Beautiful Ones, like they're big enough, man. Like they're doing numbers out here too, and they don't play that much anymore. Like at least in Arizona or I guess anywhere, really. Like you know what I mean? They kind of made it like a rare appearance thing. When they pull up, motherfuckers go crazy and they come out. And I think a lot more people just uh, are aware of them. Same shit with a band like Terror. I don't think Terror played Phoenix, and then we had everyone from Phoenix coming down. It was just huge shows, you know what I mean? But it's in Tucson, which is like kind of unheard of, or at least was up until a couple years ago. 
Yeah. Well, damn. Somebody's got to start like some sort of like you know, community page or something just to kind of have like a centralized <laughs> location where kids can just kind of like tap in and see like, hey, is there anything going on like, you know, this week, oh, this shit. month or something? Yeah. Because and that was a thing, too, where we had like a really good venue on the south side for a little bit that ended up getting shut down. Um, but that ended up being cool because there was kids, same type of thing where kids wouldn't necessarily even know if there was a band playing or not, but they would live in the neighborhood and they would go pull up just to see what was happening. You know, all oh, there's cars there. We're going to go see what's happening. Kids come in, routinely start pulling up to the venue to see shows and shit like that. So I think, uh, I think we need more bands too, honestly, like, you know, uh, younger bands too. That's, that's the biggest thing. I, don't, I haven't seen a band of young ass kids like 16, 17 that are just pissed. And like, you know, I know they're out there, man. I'm waiting on it. I know there's a lot of other fucking young bands everywhere killing it. But in Arizona, I haven't seen a lot of young bands in a while, and it's uh, it's kind of a bummer. But I'm hoping that they come through. I feel like that'll bring a new resurgence of people to fucking go hard and come out and uh, you know, bring some youth and energy back into it, man. You know, or add more to it. I guess not that we're lacking any. You know. Yeah, there's always gonna be pissed off, angsty teenagers everywhere you go. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully when this pandemic passes over, get a grip, can play a gig. You guys can kind of you know try to preach or not even and preach sounds like a weird word or maybe just try to speak to some kids at the shows and be like yo like you guys yeah. you guys are coming to the show uh seeing what we're doing like this could easily be you up here you guys are the future of the scene like if you want to see more things like this you got to kind of step up and you know start a band start a zine book a show do something to you know contribute and keep we, this going that's all we want to bro you know what i mean like that's the thing like i was uh it's a weird thing, you know, speaking back of what you were saying about that tweet about Arizona getting overlooked. Like, it, it's so weird here, man, because, you know, the scene might not be huge, but it's so strong and it's so good. And when you've got a lot of good people putting in a lot of good work, it doesn't really matter how big or small, but it's just so sincere. And it's like, it's just fucking real, man. You know what I mean? And I think that, like, with that being here, it... it opens up for a lot of kids to kind of recognize and feel like welcome. Like, I don't think anyone's ever been like fucking, I know some scenes are kind of weird. I don't really know any specific, but I just know that it exists out there where people are kind of weird towards younger people and kind of like shit on new jacks or whatever. But I think everyone out here is on the, because it's so small, because we're so tight niche that everyone understands we're all here for the same shit. We all just want to support each other, man. You know, that's all we really want out here is to see everybody win and just have fun, you know? Yeah, I, so. I feel like that's important because like uh, to shit on New Jacks is like kind of weird. So I'm like, dude, get over it's it. So like, funny. yeah, because because if that happened to me, like luckily I was fortunate enough to run into awesome people that were willing to put me on to bands, take me out to shows. But if I got treated like some New Jack who didn't know shit and nobody wanted to to care, like who knows if I'd still even be in this to to this day? You know, <laughs> I, I could have got turned off or bummed out. You know, had to go get into something else. Or, yeah, or even kids that, like, get made fun of. Like, you know, there's, like, weird shit where you'll see some kid coming out to a show. Mosh is a little funny or, you know, has his, like, little goofy timing. He's running around having fun and people try to clown and shit like that. And, and I think that doesn't happen here, man, because, again, everyone here is just down for each other. It's all about, it's all about like, respect and showing love and just everyone wants to see each other win, man. Everyone wants to have a good time. And that New Jack shit is exactly, it's just going to push away and make it smaller, man. When at the end of the day, a lot of these fools out here are getting tired, man. So it's like, we need younger people. We need the the energy and the excitement to keep us young and keep us fucking going hard. You know what I mean? Keep make it exciting. 100%, man. I, I always preach that on, on, on this podcast that the youth of hardcore is so important. Like, those are the kids, like, we got to kind of uh, take mm -hmm. care of and champion and kind of show them the way because 
we're not going to be here forever. Like we're, we're here putting in our time, but we're only getting older. And uh, yeah. it's, if, if there's nobody else after us, like then that's it. That that's the end of, uh, you know, exactly. it could be the end of our scene venue, whatever. So that's like, it's so important to, uh, to talk to these young kids and let them know like what's up and kind of, you know, just kind of show them the way. Like you don't have to like take their hand and force them, whatever. But it's just like, if these kids right have up. questions or whatever, you got to just, you know, try to just give them the knowledge that you have. Totally, man. Spread it and, you know, never turn anyone away, man. I think that's a big thing out in Arizona, too, is, like, we play a lot of shows where, like, no one gets turned away. You know what I mean? Like, even if you might not have some dough, like, you know, big shows, I guess, I can't really vouch for. I never really put on a show that has to deal with a uh, booking agent or shit like that. I never really deal with none of that. I just deal with my homies. But it's like, you know, if kids pull up to the shows and they don't even have no bread, man, they can get into the show. You know what I mean? If they want to have a good time and it's like all about, obviously not abusing it, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just about accepting everyone, man, and making sure everyone has a place because that's what it's about, you know? Yeah, and I, I definitely like uh, that uh, thing that you said a couple times. You, you guys want to see everybody win, and I feel like that's yeah. really important because it, it gets weird when uh, you know, people kind of uh, get jealous or want to see other people fail. And it's just like, this is that's and that weird. could happen quick out here, man, because there isn't a lot of attention. So I feel like even some people might reconsider like sharing someone else's music because, well, I don't want to put them in the spotlight. I'm not even in the same. You know, that shit sucks, and I understand that some, some people get kind of weary about it. But at the end of the day, man, like, there's no place I'd really rather be than where we are right now and where we're going to go because I know it's genuine. We have our homie support and it's not even about like no jealousy or shit, but I literally just want to see people like, uh, I mean, I guess it's like put some respect in Arizona. You know what I mean? Like we got a fucking gate creeper out here. We got the beautiful ones. We got sex prisoner. You know, we got easy money. We got a lot of big names out here that have done a lot of work and put in a lot on the map, but it's still almost like, uh, they don't even really get recognized. I mean, I guess they, they all, and all those bands bang Arizona super hard. They, if you look at all those bands, they don't even let you forget that they're from Arizona off rip. Like it's all about like everything from the album covers to the merch to everything. You know what I mean? Like every band reps AZ super hard. Like it's, uh, it's something that we all are proud of. You know what I mean? And we all really want to support each other and it's, it fucking matters, man. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I can only get behind it. That's why I wanted to have you on and you know help spread hey. spread that awareness. Like, yo, like Arizona hardcore is a thing. Like, uh, you know, stop overlooking it, or maybe you just weren't aware. But there, there's awesome bands, you know, from Arizona that people should be paying attention to. Yeah, yeah, man. There's a, there's a whole lot going on out here right now too, man. And it's gonna be even better once I think this shit is lifted. I can't wait to see all like. Hopefully, you know, like we said, hopefully a lot of new bands pop up. Um. I know we've been writing music like crazy and I can only assume that everyone else is too. You know what I mean? Like, I hope everyone's just been going hard and get ready to fucking just to, you know, let a bomb drop when this shit's over, man. And that's the thing too. I kind of am hoping that shit gets a little less like selective because I know some hardcore bands and some shit, they don't want to play every show. They don't want to fucking play this or that, or they don't want to put music out every fucking month because of whatever. And I'm just kind of like, man, I hope everyone just goes super hard when this shit is done. I want to see band. I want to see a, like, see a show once a week, man. I want to see a show where, you know, like, fuck up, like, not to say fuck a touring band, but let's just do all local bills. You know what I mean? Like, fucking four bands from Tucson, four bands from Phoenix or whatever. Like, just, if there's no band touring, that doesn't mean we don't have to have a show. You know, we could throw local shows all day, man, and just keep it fucking popping. Just keep it moving the whole time because, like you said, after this, if someone had told me that we were going to go six months without shows, we should have been on this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just fucking, ah, uh, it's frustrating, man. But I just can't wait to see everyone go hard and see everything pop off and everyone have a good time again. 
Is there anybody um, local in your area who like uh, you documents these shows by like video or photography? There there's a there's a couple of photographers. We got a homie named Pablo out here who like takes photos at every show. Um, my girlfriend Madeline Martinez, she takes a lot of photos of shows and shit like that. As far as video goes, you know we need that definitely. We definitely need, we need someone who like films every show. But we don't really have any documentation like that quite yet. We had a homie Lewis. He doesn't. He puts in a lot of work, but he's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. So it's like fucking. He can only do so much on his own, you know what I mean? But he puts in a lot of work. He actually has a badass power trip set. He's from the power trip set here. That, uh, it was Get a Grip. Oh, fuck. Some band. Glacial Tomb from like Brooklyn and Power Trip on uh, Dia de los Muertos here, which is like the Day of the Dead and shit. Mm-hmm. Show. My homie Lewis filmed that set. He put it up on Cold Nation. And he actually has like a lot of the – there's a festival here called Hoko Fest. He filmed a lot of Hoko Fest too, and there's like sets from us and Gay Creeper and like Sex Prisoner and shit like that up there. He, he kills it. If you guys get a check, uh, I think it's like Brohemoth or some crazy shit like that on his YouTube, but he has a lot of YouTube channels and just or YouTube videos of the shows here happening. Yeah. All crazy shit. I, I feel like that, that could be like an important component to kind of getting people to kind of open up their eyes uh, on you guys because if they see like, you know, crazy shows popping off then that would kind of like entice them and want to go down there and check it out. Cause I know um, my uh, buddy, Steven, he, he runs a one nine seven media. He was down there. Yeah. Um, I think it was last year for that uh, desert dweller fest. Yeah. That's, yeah <coughs> that was a great thing. Yeah. So it, it was cool to, uh, you know, uh, take a look and see how, how things were down there. Cause a, a lot of bands from California drove down and play that fest. Yeah. We were supposed to play the after party uh, with Led dream. Those are the homies. All the all that Bay San Francisco shit. Those are all the homies, man. But uh, shout out Malachi. That's my boy. Uh, plays in Lead Dream. Plays in Jaw Struggle. We, we were, but we were gonna play that fest, that Desert Dweller fest with uh, Lead Dream. We we're gonna play this after party bar show, but it ended up getting too late, man. It got like fucking two in the morning, and we, it was like we were supposed to be the last band to play it, so like they they shut it show down or whatever the fuck. But hopefully, man, like. I want to eventually, my goal out here is to open up a record store, man. I want to open up a record store eventually and then be able to throw my own kind of showcases and events and shows and have that kind of be like a home base for shit that's going down, at least in Tucson. You know what I mean? Just make everything accessible to everyone. Let everyone know these are the bands that are happening. These are the bands that are coming through, shows that are happening, new bands coming out. You know, just keep everything updated and available for everyone to fucking come check out. I think that's awesome. I I feel like uh having a a stable like that would be super sick because they would give uh more options for like tour routes because people would know like hey there's a spot in tucson that's like you know consistent and solid and then you know x amount of bands have played here and you know that's a side that we want to hit so i I think that could be like a really good thing for the future definitely man and i even like i started doing uh i have criminal records which is like Criminal Records was a lo- was the label that my dad started. Probably my dad and his homies started probably in like nineteen. I mean, whenever they started their band, American Death Trip. But they would they my dad hand drew the label and it's uh or the logo mm-hmm. and it's Criminal Records like this dude with like a briefcase and a Uzi and he's like standing in front of a fucking pot leaf or whatever. And uh, he used that to put out all his own releases like throughout the nineties, man, and like late eighties and shit like that. That was my dad's like label for him and his bands or whatever. And I always thought the logo was super sick, especially because he drew it. And uh, we were going to self-release the Get a Grip record last year where we did self-release it on Criminal Records. But I asked him, I was like, yo, can I bring that back or make it mine, man? Because that shit is hard. And I really just want to fucking document Arizona bands. Like right now, I have uh, 
just to get a grip tape. I have a get a grip tape, a get a grip record out, and then the war prison tape out, all on criminal records. But eventually, I'm gonna I'm waiting on the getting a. We're gonna get some concrete evidence. Shout out concrete evidence. Another Arizona hardcore band going hard. Gonna get some concrete evidence shit going soon, and just try to keep going and keep pushing more and more Arizona bands to kind of just document it somehow. You know what I mean? Even if it's just on fucking tape or something like that. You know, just get some available for everyone to see. Just like you were saying, you know, steady seeing a shop or steady seeing a venue that's putting in work. People have these fucking, oh, let me go check out Criminal Records. Well, here's eight bands. You know, eventually do other shit too, but here's eight right off the bat Arizona bands. You can check out all these Arizona bands right here. Just look at what's happening in the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's important to, to, to document because I feel like if we didn't have these people who are so interested in, you know, preserving uh, and shout out uh, AJ from Facebook, he has like that hardcore museum out there in Pittsburgh. Um, but it's yeah. like, but it's say yeah, if, if people didn't love hardcore so much and didn't start these DIY labels or wanted to take out of their personal time to you know show up to a show and film it or uh, you know take photos, like we so many things would be lost in time because uh, think about it now, 2020 things move so fast. It's important that we we kind of have to try to like be able to archive this stuff and be able to look back on it. Dude, I was reading these comments the other day, man, on this YouTube shit, and this guy was like, if you would have told me, it was like an agnostic friend set or some shit. But this dude was like, if you would have been able to tell me like 30 years ago when I was at this show that I could rewatch this shit over and over and over again on my computer, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just never would have believed you. And I feel like that is a, is a, is a problem with what's going on right now, at least maybe not generally, because I guess there's a lot of people out there putting in work and filming a lot of shows and, and recording everything. But if you look at the hardcore and punk movement, it's so well documented, you know what I mean? Especially for being the fucking 80s, dude. Like, there's people who have like VHSs of just shows. Of every show that they went, oh, I had to film this. I took photos here. Oh, here, my friend outside of a show. Here we are after a show eating. Like everything is so well documented. And it's because people knew some shit was going down. You know what I mean? Like you knew that this shit was special and it has to be documented. And I feel like that's the same way a lot of people feel right now. Like this shit has to be documented. And then there's the other side of it where people almost kind of just forget about what's really happening right now because it's so easy to just to go look up whatever you want or copy and paste anything off the internet and find this and find that and see this and see that. So it kind of takes away a little bit, but it, it is super fucking cool that, you, you know, you can go and see all that shit that's been documented, see that hardcore museum, see a YouTube or fucking Hey Five Six revamping and re-editing all these fucking old ass inside out sets that have never been seen before. Like, that, shit's out of, that shit's insane, bro. It's cool as hell. Yeah, yeah it's definitely really awesome. Uh, but obviously nothing will ever beat being there in the moment. Uh, like out of like any video that I've ever watched, any photo that I've ever seen, nothing has ever beaten that moment of being there live. Um, but I, I do uh, appreciate the, the the hell out of people like Sonny, people like Steven and all the um, yeah. awesome photographers out there doing work because they kind of just give us um, a, a glimpse and be able to like look back at those nights or those sets. Straight up, man. I mean, there's even time now where you, where you do it. You know what I mean? You look back at a show, especially right now during this depressing-ass fucking time where we're all stuck with no shows. You know what I mean? You look at videos, you look at shows, and you're like, damn, dude. Like, uh, just to be there again, you know what I mean? Even just fucking see some whack-ass band right now. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you do anything, though. You oh, know what man. I mean? I'm like, fuck. You, you, you know what's crazy is, like, I, I look back at some of these uh, live sets and just seeing so many people crammed in together. I was like, dude, like people would be so freaked out today just because of uh, obviously what's going on. Uh, so right. I, yeah, but, but I'm, I'm definitely dying to, to, to get back to that because it's you know, that's kind of a fear of mine in a way. So I hope people don't hmm. continue on with these uh, 
like limitations on like on what you know what I mean. Like I think people going to hardcore shows are gonna be ready to do like you know be at a hardcore show or whatever. But I'm hoping people just don't really hang on to these weird limitations of like not wanting to get too close and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like if anybody was actually that scared, they probably just wouldn't show up because if if they yeah, have any idea. Uh, yeah, if they have any idea what a hardcore show actually is, it's you know it's, it's pretty in your face, and there's people everywhere, and uh, yeah, they're in the mic and shit. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, man, I'm like, I I and I've told the story a, a million times, but yeah, the, the last show I, I went to was in L.A. It was like uh, it was like early March. It was like the first or second weekend of March, and yeah, uh, we all knew about COVID in that room, but. I don't think anybody walked away that night thinking that, oh, this is it. This is going to be it for who knows how long. Rotting. No, no, no. Um, this was actually, uh, this was the show before the rotting out. So, so rotting out was still on tour with the Acacia strain, but, uh, okay. um, it was, this, looking. Uh, out show looks dude, that show looked insane. That was the last show to happen out here. Um, but, uh, yeah. But the 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 show that the show that I went to was um it was uh this band initiate they had their record release weekend it was like an initiate wise and a couple other bands I can't remember off the top of my head but it, it was such hey, a sick I, show. Wise shows in Tucson a lot of love man those guys come through a lot man those guys are sick as fuck yeah all awesome guys in in, in that band but yeah it's it's, it's yeah. just crazy walking away because I I remember I had a good night saw some friends. And I was just happy that I got out of that venue alive and I was just ready to go home. And I was like, all right, cool. Just can't wait for the next one. And then poof, just hasn't happened since. Dude, it's ridiculous, man. And like, you know, I'm a total fucking, uh, I'm like an Iron Maiden there, dude. Like I love Iron Maiden. I like travel. Me and my girlfriend traveled everywhere. We saw nine shows last year. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we do. We love, we like, I love Iron Maiden, dude. And this year, man, like I said, I was, um, I bought tickets in November, dude, of last year to go see Iron Maiden in Australia. I was going to see Iron Maiden in Australia five shows, dude, me and my girlfriend. And that shit, like, when shit started getting canceled, and it was, like, March, and I was like, fuck, I'm hoping, dude. I'm hoping Iron Maiden doesn't get canceled. And then Iron Maiden got canceled, and I was like, fuck it, dude. I don't even care what happens the rest of the year, dude. Like, everything's wrapped, man. It's a, it's a wrap. You know, we were going to see, we are going to go to Psycho Las Vegas, dude, to see, like, Merciful Fate. That shit got canceled. Sound of Fury got canceled. I heard that, like, I saw a bit of, like, internet shit about this is hardcore. And I, I saw somewhere that they might be doing, like, a streaming festival or something like that. Like, I'm not sure how they're going to do that. But everything getting ripped away from everyone, man, it's fucked up. Yeah, I'm um, actually uh, Joe Harder posted a I think like last week that they actually had to pull the plug on it. Like they were thinking about doing like some sort of stuff, but I'm pretty sure th th they just pulled the plug uh, completely. Yeah, probably the best thing to do right now, man. Yeah, but I'm just curious. Okay, so you're obviously really down for Iron Maiden. What made it so yeah. special to go to Australia? Because that sounds like super awesome. I've never been to Australia, and I'm, I'm just like, you know, yeah. curious. Like, why was it so important for you to get down there to see them? Like, you know, on that stretch. I, they just, you know, I'm just a weirdo. I mean, me and my girlfriend. So we saw them last year in like oakland sacramento vegas la phoenix albuquerque and then me and her went to mexico we saw three shows in mexico city and uh you know we were telling like the whole time we were talking because we knew they were going to do like another tour this year we're like we want to see them in either japan or australia like, we want to see there somewhere cool we don't really want to go to europe yet. like we eventually will do europe but i was supposed to be on tour this year with my other band uh band i play drums in called the dwarves i was supposed to be in europe with them in july and that shit went out the window, obviously, you know what I mean? So we were planning, like, no Europe, we'll see them in, like, Japan or Australia or, like, fucking Hawaii. Like, see Iron Maiden somewhere fucking crazy. 
in Australia, they ended up announcing an Australian and New Zealand tour. So we're like, fuck it, we'll go catch that one, man. You know, check it off the list real quick. Because at the same time, we've always wanted to go to all those countries, you know, like always wanted to go to Japan, always wanted to go to uh, New Zealand or Australia. You know what I mean? And uh, just to see Iron Maiden there, like see my favorite band there, just sort of, you know, it just makes everything that much more special. I don't know. <laughs> That's wild. And have you ever been down there before? Never been to Australia, man. Never been to Australia. I will, I always wanted to go, man. And I guess now it's like fucking closed for like an extended amount of like like a year or two, supposedly. They're not letting anyone over. I don't blame them, man. Especially, you know, people from the United States were all infected. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're trying to, uh, we're trying to get rid of this thing. But, you know, people from the States trying to go places, but nobody else wants them. Straight up. My city, my, uh, my state, Arizona, just announced today. It was like the first time in like, months or some shit that we've had like zero deaths like there's been zero deaths of covid like today for the first time in forever so we'll see man if we're getting there but never know with this shit man yeah like california was about to turn a corner because they had opened up uh like malls had opened back up restaurants opened back up and that was like maybe like a week and a half and then they're like oh shit things have gotten like way worse like we gotta like take <laughs> like two steps back and it, it was weird because I, I was like, oh, like we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But then it just like, you know, it just went left real fast. And just, yeah, it, it's, it's strange. Um, and it, it's crazy, you know, with everything else that's going on, too. You know what I mean? And like with every like with the like with the uh, with the Postal Service and all that shit, man, like this, this whole year. And of course, like with everything that's been going on with these police acting like fucking dipshits still, you know, like it's just been a very fucking uh been a crazy ass year man you know it's, it's it's insane to see you know even like like we went to i went to california i've been to california in a minute man obviously with all this shit going on but i heard i had buddies telling me about like shit in la i was just intense like even before covid man or like before the protests and the riots are started happening out there with uh which is like the COVID shit. Like I heard it was just mad, like super intense out there. And I just couldn't imagine how much more crazier it could have get, like kept going. You know what I mean? Of course it did. It just got crazier and crazier every fucking day, man. You know? And even now there's like still a lot of shit happening all over the country. That's just very like, you know, on top of COVID, you know what I mean? Like now only like, you know, our worries from March kind of seem kind of like, Min, like min, minuscule even like thinking about like shows and shit like i complain about wanting to go to shows and i complain about wanting to see my friends and do this and that but i'm thinking about also like is it even worth really complaining about when there's people out here losing their houses there's people out here who haven't been at work for fucking six months you know what i mean there's kids who are like fucking not eating because they're not going to school to go get their meals you know what i mean like it, it's fucked up man it's a real fucked up place out here right now yeah, the other day out here in Southern California, there was a they called it a fire NATO. I don't know if you saw that. It was just like a Dude, I saw shit of that. On, on, yeah, we had a really bad fire out here too, man. It's fucked up. And that what was the fire NATO? So it was like a big fucking. It was just a tornado of fire, just you know, kind of sweeping by, like right by the freeway. I, I saw some videos. Uh, it was like yesterday. Uh, people just like posting it. And I was like, these people are crazy. Because if I saw something like that, I wouldn't have stopped. I would have just kept driving, <laughs> trying to get the hell out of there. I think I saw some about it, but I just, I don't remember, man. I'm fucking fried guy sometimes. But, but we just had a really, really bad fire out here in Arizona, too, man. In Tucson, there was like seven in Arizona, but we just had a really, really shitty one out here, man. It fucked up like a whole mountain. It was really bad, but it's no soccer this year, man. Fucking A. Yeah. I, so 
I feel like we've like talked about the band a little bit, but I, I just kind of want to uh, dive a little deeper. Obviously, um, you guys had your first release back in 2015, which I think is uh, you know pretty awesome. You guys have been around for for a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you guys uh, put that tape out with a uh, D2C Records, which I thought was yeah. pretty cool. Shout out Lewis, man. That was the homie. That, yeah. He hooked it up. He hooked us up for that one, man. Yeah. He came through clutch. Definitely a, a, a good guy. Shout out to Lewis. Yeah, that's the homie, man. Uh, he, uh, I linked up with him. I, I knew him through Steven, actually, which is our last records. Okay. Shout out Steven. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I met those. I met him through him and my old band. I used to be in a straight edge band called Wrong Idea when I was like 15, 14. And uh, we had like a tape on Outlast. And then I'd sent them, I sent like Steven the recordings of Get a Grip, like when I, when we started getting some shit cracking. I sent it to Lewis too, because I met them through each other. And Lewis was trying to get D2C cracking, so we ended up doing it with him. And uh, that was, that's how that happened, man. That was cool. Yeah. We played like Daniel Hardfest out there in Riverside too, like a bunch of bands, man. That was a fucking cool time, man. Yeah, I, I was. Uh whenever i i see uh steven or lewis i i always try to bring it up because i feel like they did a good job of uh you know getting like a, a good crop of like younger bands uh you know uh like newer bands t- together to kind of put on a fest and kind of show people like hey like obviously all these cool big bands are important but here's like some really new bands that are going to be on the come up that are actually pretty good like come check them out so i i always thought that was really cool that they were able to to do that definitely man that's you know again what it's all about you know what i mean coming through looking out for people and making sure everyone's around you know yeah so from uh 2015 to 2020 can you talk about the growth of get a grip because uh yeah no doubt yeah to, so to- that, what's hilarious is like get a grip started a, a little bit before that like the end of 2013 actually i wasn't even what's funny is uh my homie alex and ryan and this dude Riley and this other dude Griffin, they had a they had get a grip. They started get a grip, and then things didn't work out with their vocalist, and so I started singing. Um, and then I, the drummer Riley, he was like he just didn't have time. He was like about to start school and shit, so he couldn't really cut it. We played one show with Riley on drums, and then he left. And then we were able to get Jacob because I'd known Jacob forever since I was like a fucking kid. And I was like, you know, he scripts on drums. So I was able to get Jacob on the on the shit. He started playing drums. And then that was our lineup, you know, and that's where we kind of got to 2015. It was like a weird of a like year kind of changing weird people out and shit, getting everything right. Uh, but then that ended up kind of being the lineup right there was uh, me, Jacob, Alex, and Ryan. And then we had a tour coming up. It was going to be like our first tour at the end of 2014 with that lineup and uh ryan couldn't go on tour so we were gonna have our homie uh cisco fill in on guitar so we were gonna go do our first tour and we go to go do it and we got denied from a van like it was fucked up one of the homies said he had a van for us and he couldn't get it for us and so the whole tour tour fell through and cisco never got to play with us on tour so we were like fuck it man you know we had another couple more shows coming up and we were like let him just play these shows with us you know what i mean like the homie he learned all these songs we didn't get to go on tour he put in a bunch of work like he said at least we're going to play a couple shows with us you know what i mean and uh we played like with seven seconds dude and it was a fucking crazy ass show and he killed it and we sounded so good with two guitar players we're like fuck it so that ended up being the lineup right there and that's me. That's the four of us plus Cisco. And that's what's on running out of time and shit like that. And then that was a real strong lineup, man. We did that for a long time. We did that 
played with like got linked up with the regulate and blind justice dudes and went out there and did the blind justice album release like i said that was a uh, no, it was 2017. I can't remember. 2017 or 2018. But, uh, you know, we just pretty much focused on the Southwest for a long time. You know, when I started in Get a Grip, I was 16, man. I was 16 and singing. Um, now, like, end of 2013 or whatever the fuck. Um, and it was kind of always hard, man. You know, me and Jacob were 16, 17. It wasn't until even, like, now, like, I'm 23 barely. I can barely rent a van now. I have my own van, luckily, but. It kind of felt like we were always kind of held back just by certain shit like that. Like we were never really able to get, you know, shit like that, man. You're relying on an older homie to get you a van for tour because you can't go do it. So we got to pull up and the van's not there. Or, you know, getting like, we didn't have jobs even for a little bit, man. Like we would try to get jobs, you know, we lose them. We're young as fuck or whatever. We'll just quit jobs because whatever. And, uh, you know, money was always hard, you know, like to fucking go get some good studio shit done. Like it was just, it was kind of, uh, wasn't really accessible to us at the time. So then by the time we were a little bit older, we were like 18, we got the fucking EP cranked out, running out of time. And then we had like a handful of things to go through with that, like just mixing and mastering. And it took a little while to come out. But then by the time that I was ready to come out, we were kind of hoping to go a little harder. You know, we wanted to do a little more touring, wanted to play more and more shows and do more and more. And Alex and Ryan were a little bit burnt out. They're a, they're a few years older than us, man. And uh, they were kind of just, you know, deciding to step back and pretty much you know, not give me and Jacob the band because, but they started this band, you know, they started it without us straight up. So they were pretty much like, yo, you guys have put in more work than anyone for the band. You guys have like made this your guys' bands. Like we're pretty much just going to step back and, you know, give this to you guys and not even give it to us, like I said, but just, you know, let us keep, let us carry it on and let us keep going. So then we ended up getting my buddy Aaron who plays guitar in my band Crossfire. Aaron started playing bass. And uh, that was, that's just been the lineup now uh, for a pretty fat minute, man. It's been fucking sick. We're just a four piece again, but it's, uh, it's been fucking crazy, man. We've done a lot of fucking cool shit, made them a lot, a lot, a lot of amazing homies, man. And, uh, you know, we have the United Fight EP that I sent you coming out. That's going to be our second EP. Uh, we did Running Out of Time last year. We did a promo tape in 2015, did a promo tape uh, earlier this year. And we've done like a, we did a tape with Edgewood Records, like a little demo, 2018, shit like that. A couple little, like, you know, little fuck around releases. But this is going to be like the second real vinyl release, the second EP, United Fight. And then uh, right now we're just working on our first full length album, man. We got like 12 songs written right now and uh, hoping to get that recorded maybe like in October or November, man, and just kind of keep going hard, man. You know, the thing we want to do the most is tour. And that's, you know, we're like probably going to be the like furthest away from us right now. So that's pretty much the main thing that we want to do is just fucking tour and, you know, drop more and more music, man, because, you know, and not to feel like, not to say that we didn't make the most of our time when we were younger, uh, like starting out the band and shit, but it was just a lot harder. Now we can do whatever the fuck we want, man. Now we have the funds. Now we have the means to do what we always wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I said, we had to wait on people to get vans when I was 21. I, uh, Saved up, went and bought a van. You know what I mean? That was out of the question. Now we don't got to rent no more. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Fucking putting out our own record was another choice that I felt was just cool, man. You know, because we could have hit up a lot of labels. And, and we, you know, we did for sure. We like sent out a couple shit to a couple people here and there. But at the end of the day, man, we were like, fuck it. Like it was a good way for us to show our dedication and kind of like what we believed in ourselves. You know, like, fuck it, like, we'll put our record out. Like, we'll make 500 copies and fucking sell all these shits. You know what I mean? Or fucking, uh, 
just do it yourself. You know what I mean? Like it really was everything we've done has kind of been uh sticking with that formula. We're just doing it ourselves and keeping it on our own and keeping it with our friends, you know what I mean? Doing everything for us and our homies and shit. I think it's pretty important that you guys are able to to do everything on your own and not have to really rely on anybody to, to, to get stuff done, which I, I think is pretty important because I, I feel like that shows that you guys are super independent and um, it, it's basically there's really no ceiling for you guys because if you're able to go press your own vinyl, you know, hop in your own van, go on tour, there, there's really nothing holding you guys back. And I feel like that that's pretty, pretty important, pretty strong. That's definitely man and that's you know and that's the thing it didn't happen overnight it was like one of those things that we like you know had to go through a little bit of a lineup change even like these things it's like time happened to us people's lives changed and shit not everyone made it to the other side but once we did it man it was like all right this is obviously the right thing to do this is obviously what we want to be doing this is for us this is our own shit um and you know you read all the horror stories and everything about like bands getting fucked over by labels and shit even like the whole like fucking power trip and like southern lord thing that's like well documented and well out there for everyone like fucking it's just not it seems like kind of a hard position to be in man you know what i mean and it's it just made the most sense to drop our own shit to handle our own shows like even like you know it's like far as like some bands like wanting to get managers and shit like that. Like it's it's sick and it's cool when you're that big, man. But for what we are, what we want to do, we don't even need. We just do everything to our homies. You know what I mean? It's all like, it's all pretty tight niche, man. And it's cool to see that we still even doing shit on our own terms and doing shit the way we want to do it. That people still recognize it and respect it and like show love. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Because it could, you know, we could be doing all day and getting nothing out of it, but and that would still be okay for us because we just want to do it for you know what we need to anyways but you know to get the other to get the extra shit out of it to get the people fucking with you to get your homies fucking going crazy to get people appreciating your music and you know appreciating the time that you put into putting this shit out you know it means a lot man it's definitely something to be thankful for and nothing that i would trade for anything you know so oh, I'm, I'm just curious you you did send me the united fight ep um but you mentioned you have um 12 songs that you're working on is that separate yeah. from the ep that's 12 separate songs, man. We oh, just wow. Super hard. Yeah. So we have that. We recorded that last year, man. And it took a little bit. Um, like we recorded that last year and then we added a few like revisions to the recording and shit like that. And then we ended up uh, putting out the tape and we we're actually going to be good to go to release that a lot earlier this year. But there was a big uh, lacquer fire, like lacquer for vinyl. There was a big lacquer fire at the lacquer plant in Nashville here in America. And the place we we're going to get our records through, we went through them. And so they were like, well, your records were going to be done in May, but now we're going to push it back. And like, we, we got to handle these other orders first. So we won't have your shit until like 2021. So we had to like kind of scramble and find another pressing plant to hook us up and like get everything done in time. So it kind of got pushed back and coming out later than we really hoped it would. But, you know, if COVID wasn't happening, we'd probably be a lot more pissed. You know what I mean? So it's Yeah, like, for sure. So, sorry. Are you still there? Sorry, man. Yeah, and that's all that's here yeah yeah but yeah it's a weird shit man it's uh it's we got these 12 songs ready for an lp we probably might not even use all of them for an lp you know we want we'll probably pick like eight or ten and then maybe write a few more and just have just go record all of them just so we have shit to choose from you know maybe do a split with our friends or put out a little tape or drop a song here and there just to have enough freedom with what with our shit you know so okay uh you have uh, United Fight recorded. Uh, the, the vinyls are on the way. Yeah, yeah, they're being pressed. They should be shipping out, hopefully, to us by the end of this month. 
but okay and but is there is there a a date that you want to release the record we want to release it in september you know it's it's we wanted to pick a fucking exact date but right now without knowing when the vinyl is actually going to pull up to my fucking front door it's just kind of hard to gamble with you know i've always kind of uh I've always just liked to release everything at once. You know what I mean? They have our records here and be able to drop the music and have the records available for people to get. But if it ends up taking too long, we'll probably just make sure it's out before October. You know what I mean? But I'm assuming within the first two weeks of September, we'll probably have that shit out and available to grab. Hell yeah. That, 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 that's super sick. Yeah. I listened to it. Uh, and obviously you and I talked about it, uh, you know, off air before we started the podcast and, and I, I think it's a, a solid EP, and I I I hope that when shows come back, that you guys end your set with the the final track on the EP, Global Scam, because I, I listen to that song. I'm like, dude, this song is uh, super awesome, and I, and it just like you know, I feel like it's just like a perfect set ender. Yeah, man, that's the thing, man. This record is definitely I'm, I'm super proud of it. You know, I, I wrote musically, I wrote, I wrote all the lyrics to everything, and then I wrote four out of the five songs on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, like the guitar, everything. Uh, Cisco, he wrote the other song. Uh, he wrote "Out of Touch." He wrote the music to "Out of Touch," and then I wrote the other four. And so we're all just like super pumped to get this shit out, man. Because especially me, and, and, and just because you know I put a lot of fucking work into these songs. And Global Scam, that's like my baby, man. I love that fucking song. You know, I talk my shit on that one. Everyone has a fucking ripping part. Jacob's killing the drums. The bass line goes nuts. Fucking. Cisco, the guitar player, he shreds, got solos all up and down that shit, man. It's like, I can't wait for people to hear it and just hear how people react to it, you know? Yeah. Bring it out there. Bring it out to Orange County, man. Dude, I, I, I seriously, like, I can't wait. And I, I hope there's more crossover, you know? I, 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 I like, you know, I'm so stoked that you're so proud of the, the Arizona scene and you want to, uh, you know, push that and help grow that, which is really important. But I hope it, it, at some point you guys are able to, to get out here and either play a show in Orange County, San Diego, or LA, because that's all, uh, you know, pretty close to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, uh, last time we, we played the Che a couple of times, we played LA. Uh, Okay, a few times now, actually. We played, like, the Rec Center once. Um, we played, like, a couple parties out there. We played the Tushan Gallery. That was fucking sick. That was, like, with Wise, Dead Heat, Section Hate, Regulate. That was a fucking stacked-ass show, man. And that was the last time we played L.A. And then we played San Diego, same shit, with, like, uh, Soul Power and uh, Dead Heat and Regulate. Played that one, too. It was, like, Dead Heat's record release that weekend. So that was fucking... California, man, it's always so good to get out there, man. Especially like you said, because the weather, bro. You know, yeah. best weather. We got to get you guys to play program. I feel like that would be a sick. Yeah, sick that'd thing. be fucking sick. That's in Fullerton, right? Yeah, Fullerton. Okay, yeah, hell yeah. I went. Um, I've, I've only been there once. There was no show happening. I just went to like the skate shop, record shop, shit. But that place is cool as fuck, man. I, I definitely would love to play there, man. Yeah, it's definitely a, a trip because obviously you've been in there, so you've seen how small it is. It's it, fucking tiny, you know, and it, it looks bigger in the videos, though. That's just how it always goes, man. Yeah. You know what I mean, you'll see a fucking show of like fucking 400 people crammed into some room. Get there in some dude's living room. You know what I mean? It's like fucking just how it goes. Yeah. I, I've seen some pretty big bands in there. Like I've seen Terror play there, which is insane. Uh, Trapped Under Ice. I think maybe the wildest show I've ever been to there was uh, Turnstile. They were on the nonstop feeling tour and they, they did like a... Yeah, they, they did a one-off there, and it was it was insane. It was like a, I think they, they capped it at like 200 or something, but it, it was just insane. It was probably like one of the wildest things I've ever experienced. 
That's crazy, man. There's a. I wish we had seen like that's the thing. I want to open up like a record store, skate shop type of thing. More obviously oriented in the music aspect, but still like skateboarding and hardcore go hand in hand, and skateboarding and music go hand in hand. I guess you know. Yeah, I feel like, like uh, people always reference the Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater soundtrack as like you know pretty important. Totally. Yeah. So and especially with, with that, that game coming back, so it's got a lot of people like super stoked on it. That'd probably be like. Uh, uh, milestone in my life, man. If we could get a get a grip track on a fucking Tony Hawk soundtrack, man, let's do it. That, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's like a right there. That would be super sick. Um, <laughs> just curious, uh, who did the artwork for United Fight? The homie Heda, man. He, uh, Heda Vega. He did the album cover for us on the last one too. The uh, Running Out of Time. He fucking kills it, dude. He also did the Take Offense cover for Keep an Eye Out. He okay. fucking does insane art it's the homie yeah and uh, we've always, i've always liked his art man he's really good friends with another one of my homies out in san diego that's where he's from he's from san diego actually okay and all his art is just fucking brutal man and so we ended up hitting him up and he just killed it last time around and so now uh that's our guy you know what i mean we'll probably just always hit him up he kills it he's done some shit i know he's done a couple dead heat designs too he uh he, he fucking kills it though man if you haven't check out his shit it's uh Hedda, yeah, Hedda Vega, G E R A V E G A. All right, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. sick artwork. I, I, I definitely love it. Um, uh, who did the the logo, the Get a Grip logo? Because I know you guys used to have an old logo, but with the the newer record, you guys had this new right. logo. He did all the everything on there, right there. Okay, that's all his hand drawn shit on that out on that cover. And then yeah, we used to use like the old logo, like the shatter shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, the shatter font, but you know, we glowed up a little bit, and we had homeboy draw us that one, and, and it's fucking pimp. Yeah, and I, I was on the the Criminal Records Instagram, but there was no link to get a shirt. Are are those still available? Or we gotta make some more shirts, man. We actually just ran out. I just came up on uh, screen printing equipment, though, so I'm actually gonna start doing all the merch in house. So pretty soon here, we'll have a whole like Criminal Re- uh, Records store going up, making shirts and shit like that. Damn. Try to do everything in-house, man. You know what I mean? Got a six-color shirt screen press, so hopefully we can start busting out a bunch of crazy-ass designs and fucking around doing whatever we want, you know? That's not a small... I got, when you said you got your own press, I'm thinking you got like a one-color hand. Uh, oh, fucking huge, I, It takes up a whole room in my crib. I still got to finish setting up everything in there, but it's fucking fat. I got a conveyor dryer. We got the whole thing, man, just to pretty much, you know, fucking go hard. Dude. Start making all yeah shit. You could even uh, outsource and start taking on clients. That's because that's not a small yeah. press because you can do a lot of work with six colors. No, yeah. Colors, man. That's a fucking full business, man. That's the thing, man. It's pretty. Uh, that's the you know that's the goal. So eventually, you know, we, we want to start off kind of just making our own shit and get good enough before we start outsourcing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, make sure all our shit comes proper. Otherwise, we print a bunch of shitty bands or whatever or shitty uh, shirts. But I'm sure it'll be good, man. I can't wait to start working hard and getting all this shit cranking out and. Uh, probably be pretty available actually like the next month or so i'd say we'll have shit cranking out on available online yeah no dude i'm like uh you know stoked on you guys have your own tour van you're doing the record label now you bring up you're doing the own your own merge that dude yeah man it's how you know that's the thing man you know it's and it's not even to like shut no one out or be like no nah, like save money or whatever but it's also just shit we want to do you know what i mean like yeah. shit that you know you, you want to get it done just do it ourselves you know what i mean yeah but i'll i also feel like 
you can open up doors for you know your own scene because I'm sure there's gonna be bands who can see what you guys are doing and be like, hey, like maybe can you help us out? You know, you got the the oh, band record label screen printing. You could, you know, there's so many yeah. things you can do to help out your own area. That was gonna be the thing, man. I was supposed to drive a lot, a couple bands actually out here on tour, man. I, I was gonna be driving a handful out, a uh, handful of tours this year, but all that shit's gone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much the goal, man. It's just to kind of just get all eyes, not all eyes, but have people, you know, paying attention to what's happening out here, and you know, get more bands repping AZ out there, man. Yeah, Tucson. That's super sick. I and I swear, like, I've never been to a show in Tucson, so I I, I have to get down there at some point. I got a cousin. I'll, What's up? I'll send you some links of a few good ones that popped off out here, man. All right, yeah, I'm super down. I I got a yeah. uh, a cousin. He he just moved to Chandler, so that's not too far, right? No, that's like an hour and a half north. It's like that's like a suburb of Phoenix, essentially. Okay. I think like kind of like the out. I think it's an outskirts. I'm not too good at all that shit, but I know it's not far at all from like Phoenix. It's like pretty connected, and only an hour and a half, hour and fifteen away from us, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I I got to get down there at some point just just, just to check it out, see see what's going on. Because like I said, I'm a fan of Get a Grip. I I know there's awesome bands from Arizona, so I need to kind of stop taking it for granted and just get down there and experience what it's going on now instead of like you know looking back and being like, holy shit, like I should have went down there. It's not that far, you know. That's how you know. That's kind of how it is, man. You know, like there's a lot of shit that I you know even right now you know that's kind of when it hits you the most is times like these you're like damn i wish i would have done that or gone up there and done that and i feel like you know hopefully once this is all over we'll all be able to you know do what we want get all that back in there you know hell yeah well damn gabriel this has been super awesome and eye-opening i i, I definitely got to get uh you know hopefully i'll uh, you know post this and more people will start tuning in uh, check out get a grip and um, everything else that's going down there in az but before we sign off is there anything you want to shout out or plug yeah, man, I'll, uh, you know, shout out all the homies out in Arizona doing their work, fucking got Criminal Records coming out with the uh, United Fight, like this man, me and this man been talking about, United Fight on the way. Um, got fucking w- New War Prison coming out, New Crossfire coming out, fucking shout out one, boys. Shout out Divine Hammer forever. Fucking rest in peace, Austin. Uh, shout out fucking Easy Money. Shout out Construct, fucking all the Arizona bands putting in work, man. It's a, it's a good thing going on out here right now, man. I can't wait to see everyone back at it again, you know. And shout out all the bands everywhere, to be honest, man. I, I support every band out here doing what the fuck they want, doing, you know, speaking their mind and making sure that they're heard, you know, even if no one's listening, man. Like, I really am, uh, I'm really proud to be playing music that really you know gives everyone a voice and lets everyone be heard and lets everyone have a chance to say what the fuck they want to say so shout out to all the bands everywhere that you know are standing up and saying something you know all right well seriously i i appreciate you coming on the podcast i uh, i'm stoked um for everybody to get a chance to listen to that united fight ep coming out soon and oh yeah thank you guys again for tuning in uh this has been another episode of the jamer k podcast always on top <laughs>